Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of HTHT, where the talk is cheap. Where the talk is deep, but the set is cheap. Let's do that again. The sex is cheap. <laughs> Whose sex is cheap? No, the set. If someone, John. No, 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 no. You want to confess something now? Sorry, sorry. Okay. Today we are cancelling me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, one, two, three. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of HTHT, where the talk is deep, but the set is cheap. Today we have a very special guest with us. We have Ben King. Ben doesn't need any introduction. He wears many hats in the social media world, from being in the Sam Willows. Ah, yeah. Doing comedy on the Benzi project. Ah, yeah. And now I would say on TikTok, fucking TikTok. This ah, man does TikTok. it all. <laughs> and he also recently released an EP called The Sea That Never Stops. I see. Mm-hmm. And what goes on behind the scenes? Let's find out. Welcome to the show, Ben. Do you like to HTHT? I like to HTHT. What is HTHT? Uh, I mean, heart to heart talk. Does it stand for what what? No, this is heart to heart talk. It could be what what. If y'all, if y'all like, share, and subscribe. So. Don't do it for me. Do it for Ben. What no, what? do it for yourselves and, con- and good content <laughs> okay. before we start wearing uh, bras and okay. <laughs> and Lululemons. Yeah, <laughs> my athleisure. That's right. A lot of people are asking about my skincare routine. No. <laughs> okay, Ben, why don't Yo. you give us a short introduction of yourself, real quick? Um, whatever you say was false. <laughs> it's a false narrative. It's not my lived experience. Uh, I just make memes for a living. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to be honest. Yeah, actually, that's my dream job. I make memes for a living. I just want to make memes for a living. If my life could be a meme, that would be the goal. It kind of is, if you think about it. I mean, you have you do have many memeable moments. Being someone that's like, yeah, I think that's the motto of my life: is to create as many memeable moments in my life. Very yeah. good. Why do you think I'm getting married? It's just a meme. It's I, just I a meme. I don't care about love. <laughs> I'm here to create content. Yeah. It's going back to get, to, to get caning tonight. Okay, anyway, Ooh. Ben says that he's very bad with alcohol and he showed it when he fell asleep on the YouTube video for the Sam Willows. So what's going to happen is oh, obviously no. we have uh, two glasses oh. of, of delicious beverage. Like I told you, just by looking at that, I'm inebriated. Already. So would you like the red cup or the blue cup? Oh, is this a matrix question? Yeah. Is it a cup preference? I'm <laughs> I'm cup fluid, if you ask me. I'm on the spectrum. Okay, you choose the you choose, you choose the cup that you like. I'll just choose the it's flavor. Near, it's nearer to me, so I'm just gonna yeah. No the cup. Oh the cup. Uh, and, and, okay, I'm glad you chose grapefruit because I'll I was choose, about I'll to choose the, the red cup because um uh, I don't like Chelsea. So like mm. uh, yeah. And also red is quite hot. So hot hot. Hot hot is I'm this gonna, gonna shoot this at <laughs> okay. By the way, I can't tell if you like cameras or not, Alistair. It might you might like it. I'm not sure. Here it's a possibility. Come see our sing tong. Hey, come see Hamita. Come see her very much. Alright. Cheers to a good episode. This is just water or mm-hmm. hand sanitizer. Oh, it's good. Not bad, right? I'm gonna say lots of shit tonight. <laughs> very good, very good. Oh, no. Okay, so throughout the show, you know, we'll be uh be a little bit degen, but yeah, join us on this degen journey with Ben King, man. Let's move into section one, shall we? Shall we? Section one. Section one. That's right. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Alester, uh, our producer and founder of this channel, who is Stalker King, right? And owner of this couch, which I am sitting on. Then, yes, currently. Sometimes used for casting. But, uh, Yay! <laughs> Sanitize! <laughs> okay, so the first question is about sports school, right? So, Ben was in sports school. And was in the yeah. National Youth Swimming Team. Wow. wow. What a life. Yeah, the question is, okay, what have you learned from your time doing sports and does it still translate well to what you do in the arts world? I learned that 
I wasted 12 years of my life. <laughs> no, I no, I didn't. Um, I learned a lot, to be honest. Um, mm. I think life life in the sports school, life as a national youth athlete, as an athlete, as right. an athlete was mm. was very very different. You know, you you be doing things like you wake up at 5 a.m. Right, you train two and a half hours in the morning. Um, as, uh, I mean, I'm talking like from a sports school experience. This is not NS, right? This is sports school, right? No, but very comparable. Because, oh. uh, you know, but except we have siestas, we have afternoon naps, mandatory oh. afternoon naps. Yeah. It's just so, for your bodies to recover and stuff. Because like we need the recovery. So it's like morning training, school, afternoon nap, afternoon training, and then you've got a bit of prep time. But I think what got me most was like, you know, you're doing like at least six hours a day in the pool, right? Like every single day of the year. Right. Um, you're training, you're clocking in literally your 10,000 hours. And athletes do this for like, like one single moment in a year. Like, mm. for, let's say Joseph Schooling, whose penultimate race is like the hundred fly it, in the Olympics. So that's mm. one minute in four years. Can you imagine like prepping for just a minute Mm-mm. in four years? Yes. Whereas here we are uh, with you know minimal prep, doing covers online or like you know talking shit. It goes on <laughs> YouTube and it stays there forever. Uh-huh. So I, I guess that dichotomy to me was crazy. So I right. think what that taught me was like prep. Prep is mm. really important, and and sticking to a to a schedule that was really important. So that has helped you in your in your career in the arts, like I would say. Helped me in that, in relationships, <laughs> everything. I mean, I mean, I, it's just good principle to live by. Yeah, mm, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Actually, just, you you brought up Joseph schooling. You mentioned just now that you were you were you were not not exactly the nicest to him. Right? Sorry, Joe. Um, he was my junior when I was training, and <laughs> obviously we didn't know that he was gonna be. Freaking <laughs> Olympic champion Peter and Michael Phelps. He was really annoying that year. We were we were in an overseas meet and he was talking so much, so we locked him in a cupboard. <laughs> and later did we know we were locking up the Olympic champion. Yeah. Yeah, so just as schooling, if you're watching, if you're watching this, right, please come on our show, man, and we'll give you a chance to roast him back. He hates me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we move on to the next question. Yeah. So why do you decide to change routes even though you were you were there through a true train system, right? Yeah, so I I, w- I mean back then in the sports school, mm. like the options were O levels, you yes. know what I mean? But like the other option was like through train. So I was gonna do this thing where I got I would get into RP, mm. um, which would then lead me into NTU. But the so which would allow me to continue my training. Mm. But the prerequisite was that I had to study sports science um forever. Forever. Right. Yeah. And I did not want to study sports science forever. I wanted when, when, when do you I wanted to be fabulous in a musical. <laughs> That's why <laughs> when did this like dawn on you i always kind of knew that like i wanted to do music and mm. and um and the arts i think just taking literature classes in school even in sports school like right right that was actually such a form of escapism for me like i really enjoyed um just reading and like storytelling right and so like it was a big struggle for me because like the career i had chose at the time was yes. so singular and mm-hmm. focused like you had to you know give every waking moment like you had to eat right sleep right train right yeah um and I just felt like there was definitely more to life. Um, which is ironic because now I kind of like super love swimming again. So it's like life comes full circle. But yeah. I would say like I always kind of knew that I wanted to be uh, in the arts scene or do something right. you know, music or arts related or acting. So it wasn't a hard choice. So so yeah. for swimming, right? Was it something that you were put into or was it something that you got yourself into? It's a bit of both. Right. Um, I mean... I think obviously recognizing my privilege growing up, like being allowed to put time into like something like swimming mm-hmm. um, and allow that to be my career without worry of, you know, like, okay, I like my, I, we weren't like the, we weren't really born, like, I wasn't really born into like wealth. 
Um, right. And we did struggle quite a bit because my mom had like cancer and stuff. So like, mm. but I think we banked on swimming because like it was the most, um, the most effort I put into anything at that time. Right, right. I was really dedicated to it from a young mm-hmm. age. So it was like a bit stupid, lah, you know, if you don't follow through. Mm. But like I instinctively kind of knew that like I had a shelf life because mm. like I'm not very tall, you know, and I was racing kids from like Australia who were like 15, but freaking two meters tall with full beards and chest hair. Like who the fuck has <laughs> chest hair at 15? What the hell? So I mean like, obviously, I mean, I'm still waiting for my chest hair to be Yeah. Honest. It's just that one strand that keeps growing and you keep plucking it. Yeah. Just hypothetically, not speaking <laughs> from my own chest, chesticle experience. But I would say that, um, yeah, I think, I think especially in life, you kind of know like instinctively what you're kind of called to do or right. what you'd be good at. Mm-hmm. You know, so like, I mean, I, I know, for, for example, like you, you also switched paths, right? Like yeah, I did, engineering I did, I did. And then you're like, screw this, I want to take photos and be creative and work and be a smart local. And interview Ben King. Smartlocal.com. Yeah. Um, so, I just think you instinctively know sometimes when to like mm. switch paths. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. So I guess it was more like a, you went with your gut and that's why the change of route. I did. Um, yeah. I just felt like, yeah, I had to, uh, something mm. I had to do. Very good. Okay. So Ben, you did a video in the on the Benzi project called oh, no. Unmanly Men. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Where you talked about toxic masculinity and topics surrounding it. No, I think I think I think it's an important discussion. Men are trash. Yeah. Men are trash, but men can be better, right? That's right? So was this inspired from your experience in the sports school? Did you feel like you belonged when you were in the sports school? Not at all. I think like you know, like you know how school is just tough in any in any school, any secondary school. I mean, oh, yeah, politics and you know, like you're just figuring out like what gender is and what like society is and mm. cliques and everything. And I imagine like you pick the most assholeic people of every school, the jocks, <laughs> right? You pick the jocks. No, just just come at me for a second. Like, you pick yeah. the, the jocks of every school, like the best trackers, the best soccer players, the best yeah. swimmers. You put them in a school together. That's that's a fresh hell, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fresh from a hell. I'm sure the school is nicer now, but like there was no school spirit because like everyone there was so used to it being about me. You know what I'm saying? As a sports person, like your whole I, life. It makes sense right, in the sports world that to yeah. do it be like that. Yeah. And I think it, what, what, what reinforced the stereotypes was we were grouped into what we call academies. So every sport was an academy. Yeah, swimming, academies, right. uh, soccer, track and field, badminton. Uh, whatever um, it is. Netball, right? yeah. Mm. And very quickly you realize how each sport represents a subsection of culture and economic status in Singapore. Right, right. It's very clear. For example, like a lot of swimmers, ACS boys, RI boys. You know what I mean? That was what those schools were strong for. Mm, mm, so a lot mm. of swimmers had that background. So the general swimmer was, you know, sort of mid-upper class. Right. And you got golfers and sailors. I mean, the higher echelons of society mm-hmm. with their uneven tents. And then you've got sports that obviously are a bit more neighborhood. Mm. You put them all together, right? And then, like, you make them hang out in a dining hall. It's, like, you just are made more aware of, like, the dichotomy of things. Right. You know? So, yeah, it's something that people don't really, like, actually understand. But sports school was the perfect Petri dish for, like, understanding race, economic status. So, for me, coming from, um, you know, a school like ACS, you know, Uh I need to apologize and preface (laughs) when I say ACS. Because, like, very quickly, you need to, like, you need to tear apart your elitism and your understanding of of culture and society. Mm. And that's what, I know I'm super off topic now, but I feel like it's quite an interesting thing, like looking at it. And that really quickly taught me to like 
lose whatever notion I had about confidence or about like, mm. you know, elitism or meritocracy right. because like, you know, you had to be aware of people's, you know, conditions and, and, and but, this, but this was not the, how to say, this was not the, the, the usual thing, right? You were, you decided to do this on your own, right? I mean, no, no one puts out a 10 year series about like, <laughs> Hey, why is the swimmer full of shit? You know what <laughs> I mean? But, but I think, yeah, quickly you start drawing these lines and you yeah. start drawing these boundaries in right, terms right, of society, right, right. right? Like you won't hang out with other people who don't, you know, hang out or live with you and we're all in boarding school together. We mm. eat the same army catered food like that also comes our way. Like because of that microcosm of society, you start to, you know, hurt together, yes. which is bad. And mm. very quickly I was like, that's not cool. So like a bunch of the cl- my classmates from all different walks of life were like, let's not do that. Let's, not let's, be like let's that. hang out together. Yeah. You know, and I think that was really cool. Um, but that really taught me empathy and just understanding mm, privilege mm. from a younger age, which I think was really important, lah. Mm. Yeah. So definitely, I mean, I mean, because you talked about talked about this, right? How does this translate to masculinity then? Because, oh right, that was a topic. Yeah. Um, yeah, like obviously, you know, there was a lot of like toxic masculinity. I wouldn't say toxic. There was a lot of masculinity in general mm-hmm. in you know sports people, obviously. Um, and I think they just had to assert their dominance in many ways. Um, I guess I was not the most dominant. I'm not the tallest. Like I was the kid who like liked musical numbers, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And like was not very cool. Uh. Um, so that obviously led to just like me being picked on a little bit. Um, it wasn't a big deal. I just think like obviously then coming out of that into this industry and like looking at the male archetype, mm. what makes like the leading man or what makes, you know, yes. a man in the traditional sense, like, mm. um, what well, Kai is a driver, he's a true man, how he has the what, you know what I mean? Like, what's the things he needs to have in his life, you know, like, and I obviously felt like I didn't fall into that stereotype. Mm. And in many areas in Singapore culture, I felt like I was, you know, like an outlier. Mm-hmm. So that's why I wrote the song for all the unmanly men out there. Nice. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> that's the explanation. No, but that's great. No, I think yeah, you yeah. offered a great, great uh, little peek into into the real how to banking. be unmanly. No, to be honest, into your life because I think people don't realize this, and I think you had a, you you've, you've gleaned some valuable information from the sports school experience that you had when you were a kid. Yeah, more power to you, man. More power hey, to you. Power all around. Power all around. Okay, let's move on to section two, which is the wow. Wem Silos, the Sam Willows. Yes. Would you say that the Sam Willows? Sam Willowses. Sam Willowses. Sam Will I. Sam Will I. Yes. Success. <laughs> was due to hard work, luck, or a little bit of both? Uh, yeah. Both. Not talent. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, we, we yeah, it, it's, it's a bit of everything, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very fortunate to come out at the time of like, you know, when YouTube was popping up and like right. back then doing covers was cool. You know what I'm saying? So I guess we wrote on that. Um, we did work hard. I think we, we, we worked hard, but we could have worked smarter, you know, mm. I think. Yeah. And in, in, in retrospect, in hindsight, but, um, but we worked our ass off. I just think like people really didn't see it. They thought like a lot of it was handed to us, but like we really did like, it was just our lives for like seven years and it kind of just like, that's that's what really fractured things. It's just like it was so work driven. Um, it was really fun as well. Mm. Um, could we have done better? Could we have been better musicians for sure? But like, I think for what it's worth, like we give it a really good shot. Yeah, nice, mm. very good. Cheers to that. Cheers to the Sam Willows. To the Sam Willows. Sam will I. Sam will. Sam yeah. Sam will I. Will I? Okay. So are the songs that you liked? 
different from the songs that did well. Or maybe, I mean, like yeah. to me, we prefer to, f- to perform or like you prefer when it's finally produced, you know? Are there projects you like, the projects that do best? That's a very good comeback. I have no, I have no reply. But to I mean, that, but, but, but is sometimes, it, yeah. sometimes, but not all the time. Not all the time. Same. Mm. Yeah. You okay? You understand why a certain project does well, mm. right? Because you know, if it's a demographic, like it's great marketing or whatever, yes. it hits a spot. So like, same thing. I understand why a certain song would do well. Mm. There's some songs that do well that I love. There are some songs that I hate that that did well that we have to play nonstop. And there are songs, some songs that I love that I'll never get to play live. So I mean, like, yeah, it's the same thing, but. I guess doing stuff again. So you know, Willows, we were a pop act, mm. right? So obviously, mm. we were writing for radio, writing like we were trying to write as ourselves, but also for an audience. Yes, and just understanding that, like, yeah, like it's writing within the parameters. Not to say you can't be creative within a structure. Yes. You definitely can. You know, mm. like that's your work as well, right? So I really enjoyed that. But um, yeah, there were definitely songs that I really, really dug that we don't get to play. Mm. Mm. I mean, if you, if you, if you. If, if you had something that you wanted to share with your audience about this. I hate Thirsty. I hate that, <laughs> I hate that song. What kind of, like... <laughs> but, I mean, if you love it, like, I'm glad. Because, you know, I wrote it too, but... <laughs> shit. Yeah. This is Soju! God damn it! <laughs> it's the Red it's Cup Soju. No, but it's okay. Oh, I mean, Thirsty, you know, it's a good... I mean, drink more if you are thirsty. Yeah. You know? Okay. Next question for you. Yes. Is it sustainable to do hyper-localized music for Singaporeans? Or do they need to be more generic? This is actually quite a good question because considering like my, myself, I do, I, I do media in Singapore, Okay, right? here's yeah. my theory, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, hyper-localized music, which means that in terms of content, it's very like esoteric. It's yes. really for Singapore audience. Tailor like, it for... It's basically Sugar Shay in 2014, 2015, right? With the... That shit. Dude, we got <laughs> we got a drink That song is a banger. They always judge me for for knowing that. That song is a flat out banger. Okay, so Sugar is one of those guys that I feel like um um you know he toyed that line really well, right? Like it was mm. like 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 it was a dope production. Like the song slaps anyway, even if it wasn't local. Right. Um, so yes, I really think that you are able to do that. But like, I feel like not everyone can do that because it's got to be organic. Like mm. Sugar, you know what I mean? He speaks dialect. Mm-mm. Like Rajit, right? Young Raja, Fires Jabba, you know, they rap the culture. Right, right. That makes sense. Like that shit will blow up on Spotify, YouTube or anywhere. Mm. But if you're some sort of like Kantang fella, then you want to, you know, flex your local, then a bit hard. So I think like, it really depends. It could come across gimmicky. Right. And gimmicks do well on Instagram and on social media. media but right. it might not do well on Spotify. That's true. And the Spotify algorithm is very punishing and very different, which mm. is why people sometimes opt for like, you know, the the structure of a pop song to right. get a playlisting. Okay. Um, but again, as an artist nowadays, you just try to forget all that and just write. Like you just really try to do that, but mm. I can understand, you know, if someone, if someone, yeah, you know, yeah, I, I don't know, I don't think many local acts. I think it's easy to translate that in hip hop. Okay, because I'm gonna burp. Oh yeah, Woo! this is you know, the it, first HTSC episode. I'm not the first one to burp, dude. It's the soju, but okay, <laughs> I, I burp rainbows and butterflies. It just smells like yeah, but I, I'd say that 
hip hop because it's the cult. It's a it's a genre of culture. Yes, it's a genre of community. It's a genre of uprising. You know, and mm. like anti oppression. So like coming from the heartlands or you know like being legitly Singaporean, that stuff translates better. Right. It's weird if you're going to uh, like it doesn't like <laughs> it doesn't work. I mean, unless it's, it's a parody in which I will do the shit out of that. You know what I'm saying? That was a pretty good memeable moment. So we we have that on camera. So. <laughs> That's right. Okay, so I'm guessing what you're what you're saying basically it um maybe on certain social media platforms it's not sustainable. But maybe not so much for Spotify. No, I, I think it's gotta be organic. You right. know what I mean? Like, you know, there's a lot of commentary about um like let's say NDP and yes. how they try to put a rap segment in almost everything. Yeah, yeah. There was a comment, there was a tweet, I was like, I bet they're gonna put a rap in the national anthem. Yes. <laughs> some, some shit. <laughs> yeah, but I I guess like because I know the, the committee behind the, the music and they do a really good job with the, mm. with like integrating it because it was all about representation, right? Right. At the same time, people felt like hip hop was being co-opted because like hip hop is need, needs to be organic. And so like they're very ve- different opinions. Mm. But at the end of it I'll say like it needs to feel organic la. Right, yeah, right. That's it. So what would you say to a new artist who looks up to Sam Willows, right? And then we and then is asking this question: Should we do something that is hyperlocal? Or no, we'll we just, just do ten types of listicles <laughs> as a song. So uh, shout out Tian Hao. <laughs> so do videos instead, basically. Yeah, don't do don't do sketches. <laughs> it's not sustainable. Just do just do ten types of listicles that'll get you by. Hell. <laughs> good good answer. Okay. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Okay, <laughs> man, you mentioned that the Sam Willows was both good and bad for the Sam Willows and that you were not ready for the spotlight. What are some of the things you have learned from the Sam Willows and what are some of the things that you wish you could have done differently? Oh, shit. Nice to hear that. Um, I think, okay, like, oh, yeah. It's a little bit heavier, this question. It's a bit heavy. I think, you know, you either love or hate us and in the same way, we either love or hate ourselves. Right. Um, because I think for us, like, I would say that like we went through so much as a group, mm. you know what I mean? We started out more like kind of like folk and bluesy and then we kind of went into like pop. Um, and it felt like we were always playing catch up. We were always playing catch up to um, demand or to what was expected of us, what we thought was expected of us. Right. When perhaps it wasn't, you know? Mm. Um, and we felt like we had to maintain a certain image or be a certain way uh, where in, in, in any fact that wasn't true you know and because I think we achieved like marginal success at an early point people started looking to us and they started to like obviously like be upset that musicians of this caliber or music of this type was the premier headline like we mm. never said like we were Singapore music we never said that you know right, what I mean right. in, in actual fact like we would probably give you 10 names that we felt were a better representation of Singapore music mm-hmm. we just wanted to do we really just enjoyed what we were doing um but I say, well, so what I've learned from that definitely is like uh, how to create like art <laughs> um, in a structure, you mm. know, with, with limitations. Right, right. Yeah, how to create it within parameters. A pop song is three minutes, right? Mm. Then you've got to cater four voices. You got to do English music. You got to make sure it's friendly for the region. These are all little like, you know, mm. again, like it's like a brief, right? So it's not just chaos, you know? It's not chaos. Yeah. Well, it, it should be chaos at the start. And mm. then you you create, they call it right drunk, edit sober. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So true. So you just write drunk and then like you just try to make it make, make it make sense. But I think it went away from us a little bit, you know? And if I right. had a chance to redo it, I would have liked us to kind of dig a little deeper and, and stay true to what we felt was us. So more chaos first. Definitely more chaos. More chaos. Yeah, more rap. Just like, oh. and a listicle and a song. If you think about it, 
um, what's that? That, that Christmas song is a listicle on the 12 days of Christmas. Ten Hao, please do a video of <laughs> these men dropping all these nuggets of wisdom. Whatever this brand is. I love is. Ten Hao. He's a good, he's such a good dude. Jinro, you, 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 you gotta go into call rebrand this to wisdom juice or something like that, man. It's it's, it's giving out. us so much insight. Yeah, that John 15% off on Instagram. John Soju 15. ambassador. That's right. Give so me someone that's soju. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I think that's a, that's a good. That's a good. Actually, actually, no. Following on on this question, right? Yes. I'm actually curious about about because I mean, Alistair must have found out you mentioned this somehow. If I were to ask you now, if you were to name one thing that was good and one thing that was bad off the top of your head, what would this be? Um, bad stuff. Too many skinny ripped jeans. Balls need to breathe, bro. Balls like, need to breathe. Um, rip more. Skinny still okay. That's true. Uh, <laughs> essentially, just like like shorts. Um, <laughs> What was good about it? Mm-hmm. I like to say that we we really um, we did our best to go regional. Uh, like mm. we really tried as hard as we could to 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 put together successful like promo tours yes. and you know like tours as much as we could. We tried to write songs for a demographic that we decided on. You know, uh, the bad stuff is I think people just um, how do I say? Uh, yeah, no. Like I said, I I, I just wish that we we focused a bit more on the music, mm. you know. But I don't blame the guys because none of us felt like we owned the brand anymore. You right. know, when, when, when it's your solo project or when it's something that you really feel for, yes. you you not just work hard, you work super smart, you put effort into it. Mm. You get the briefing, you go like, how can I make this like the greatest USP ever? Yes. You know, and at some point, like even going into like the later writing sessions, like the songs were great, but like it kind of felt like none of us had, like identity over the songs right you know it just felt like we were serving the song um yeah yeah so i mean i, I wish i wish we kind of like focus on that a bit more yeah but yeah no regrets no regrets man no, yeah, regrets. no regrets i think y'all did uh, y'all did fantastic so okay la. all right let's move on to uh <laughs> section three okay section, section three yeah. which is uh a more recent endeavor of yours which is called the benzi project oh no <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is the ultimate goal of your comedy on the Benzi project? Netflix, hit us up. That's the goal. Love and shy about it. Netflix, give hit, us that deal. Hit him up and then hit us up, man. Yeah, you can put Pachi Kang there. You can put Benzi project. You can put Alastair Pang there, but put me in front of the camera. That's right. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the the goal actually, honestly, was initially just to get sync, but mm. um, the the more PC goal is to just create, like, funny shit for people to think about. You know what I mean? Mm. But that shit expensive, man. Like, that stuff is is not cheap. So, like, therefore, we are on hiatus. <laughs> yes, until we get a bit richer. But what can I say? I do enjoy the content on the Benzi project. I love the way you said it. Port, you're so true. Like, you're some sort of, like, movie villain. What can I, I mean, say? I do enjoy it. So more for the camera. I do enjoy what it. What can I say? I do enjoy the Benzi project. Yeah, I, I think we really quickly realized that Benzi was not for everyone, but it was really for some people who really mm. enjoyed it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and we felt like um, a nice niche was like the aging to 35s or like 21 to 35s are like millennials yes. who are sick of society or like who just want to laugh at themselves. Like, because basically we hate ourselves, right? So, I mean, just why not create content so we can hate together? <laughs> that was the point. Uh, but yeah, like I think that was the goal behind it. Yeah. Nice. Okay. You mentioned that the Benzie project was ultimately not sustainable. You cannot be an, I quote, you cannot be an artist in the industry and you have to mellow out and find a lane. Do you think that the audience's taste will eventually develop to the point where more artsy-oriented content will be mainstream? 
can't believe I said that. <laughs> I'm so full of shit. Okay, maybe maybe before we go into this, <laughs> right? So would you identify shit. more uh, yourself, right, as like a artist, or would you just say that you're more of a creator? Because okay. I think okay. this is quite different. Before that, I, mm. I think I don't think I said Benzi wasn't sustainable. Right, right. I think someone else said that, but. I would maybe half But agree. do you agree with it? I would half agree. I right. think, obviously, I like to believe that we can get funding for it. You know what yeah. I mean? Or I just wish I had a sugar daddy that could fund all this stuff. Um, contrary to probably belief, like... Yeah. Sugar daddies? Oh, yeah. are we looking for sugar daddies now? <laughs> oh, okay, I thought... Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but I, I say... Um, no, I... Artist and creator are very interchangeable. I don't think we should mm. separate those two. Um I wouldn't. I wouldn't deny someone the identity of an artist if they say they're an artist. Right, right. You know, because I think it's a state of mind. Uh, but a creator, again, yeah. Okay, I, I think content creator is a very different thing, right? Mm. Yeah, and and there is artistry in that. But you can also easily fall into just like, uh, I gotta put a video out this week, so I gotta do it. Mm, you know, so mm, I think becomes a routine. Yeah, and like I listened to the Zen How episode. You yes, know, what I mean, yes. like I think he has a lot of valid points. Like he's got responsibilities. He's got to pay off. You know, like. Uh, income for like 40 people in, right. in, in, in Titan so I mean and that dilutes the artist a little bit no I, okay I mean okay, that's, that's the thing right like yeah. and I was also trying to fight through with Willows it's like you give yourself like structure to create art around it and if you can that's like dope for example like that's what a good ad does right like it's so easy to put out an ad that's just like normal and blah and it's just like okay you buy ad space on Facebook it's mm. just very normal like it just you know but um, when you see brilliant ads Oh my god, right? Like there's there's a recent one by uh, was it Uptown at Farrah? Uptown at Farrah, dude. My man, they're so good. That's what I mean. It's mm. like, like it's a bit it's a bit psycho psycho thriller kind of thing. You yes. know what I mean? But it's like again, it, it's a parameter. It's a freaking ad for a condo yeah. or like a real estate. But it's dope. You know what I mean? Like you can create magic with parameters. Mm. I'm not, say, not saying that people are not creating magic right now or that Ten Hao isn't because I think he's doing what his demographic needs him to do. Right, 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 right. Um, but let's say if if I had a team of 40 and a following of his, um, I think the content that I would create would be quite different. I would there, just say there, there must have been some other decisions that, you know, yeah. basically shifted. But because of my things. difference of my content, I don't think I will ever get, right. you know, a, a company of 40 or mm. 300 billion followers. Yeah. Okay. So like, I mean, coming back to the, to the question initially about whether be, whether you're optimistic about whether Singaporeans will appreciate artsy content, you know, will it ever become the mainstream? Because, I mean, we, we, I mean, we both use social media. In fact, we both create content on social media. I'm pretty sure we are aware of like the, the type of thing that people consume on social media. Yeah. Right? And sometimes, I mean, you yourself, you love theatre, right? Yeah. And I would say that's a little bit more of an artsy venture. It's not something that is immediately palatable to the popular Correct. To the general population. And I think we have yeah. realised that we'll never reach a critical amount in Singapore. Mm. Simply because of uh, the quantity of, you know, like, like we just don't have enough people around here. Yeah. Um, and therefore, because we're such we're such a fractured society, and also we're super globalized and colonized, right? Mm. So, like, we're never gonna get like the mainstream in a sense. I think the closest things mm. you have are people, obviously, like Ten Hao and, and and whatnot. But like, um, because we're so segregated, right? That gives rise to a lot of very niche subcultures and, right, and genres right. that can thrive and find and find a place on its own. For right. example, like in the fine art scene, right? Mm. Like. That's some really good work there. Will it ever make me watch? No, but um, <laughs> it's there. Right. And whenever they do try to cross over, the audience is just not ready for it. Right. Because we just have to realize, end of the day, like, like 
we need time to get it done. You know I what I'm saying? Makes In fact, sense. I would also lob- like say that it's sometimes not a population thing because if you look at Iceland, right, which is a population of less than 400,000 people, mm-hmm. right? Like the Icelandic sound and music is so obvious. It's a whole post-rock thing. Mm. But they have literally like less than a tenth of what we have in terms of population. Yet, they're able to export that sound globally. Mm. You know, so like there is no excuse in that sense. I think the only thing is Obviously, we do not favor arts and culture in Singapore. Right. With much more right. GDP focus, yeah, economic yeah, yeah. growth. So the journey is going to be longer than that. Okay. Yeah. Optimistic still. Not bad. Not bad. Very good. Okay. <laughs> so we'll move on to the next next uh, section, which is on social media, right? Which we mentioned briefly just now, right? So question for you. Ben mentioned that social media is his way of life, but his relationship with it has changed. Do you think it has improved or have you just gotten jaded by it already? Trying to recall when and where I said these things. Um, well, yeah, our, 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 our stalker producer is really Oh, okay. Good it was when we had a chat. Right. Okay. With Alistair. Really good at these things. Right. Yeah. Okay. Was I drunk then? No. Okay. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, it is a mode of commerce for me. But mm. yeah, I, I think again, the rules of engagement and the way we consume media today is different from even last year. Mm. It's, it's changing at an exponential rate. Because Definitely. there's just like a surplus of content out now. Mm. I'm going to talk about Circuit Breaker. Everyone's doing a live stream Absolutely. and a TikTok video. Like, it's just so much stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, our tolerance for, you know, different kinds of media and whatnot, like, it really changes. Mm. Um, I, yeah, I struggle with it because to me, it's such a moving target. And mm. it doesn't give me, like, an incredible amount of satisfaction. But what does get me the satisfaction is, like, come up with something like kind of novel and interesting or just being like honest. That hits the target or just for you? Hits whatever, man. Like I'll just throw shit at the wall, hope it sticks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, have you seen my TikToks? Like, it's just like, what? <laughs> I mean, um, I don't watch TikTok, but I'm pretty sure you're all do. Um, honestly, okay. I would say this though. Watch TikTok. Because like, it's gone from a simply shitty platform to like people being really creative. Oh. Like, and there was a point where, you know, like the, the main page would just favor just people being gross and you know like just whatever but i would say now the cream of the crop and the creative is really froth to the top like Mm. there's some kids doing crazy shit on tiktok right now and the resistance with tiktok uh is real i get it but with every generation there was a new platform that people hate that is true right that is true from from film to like tv Mm. to to the internet, to YouTube, to Instagram, mm. and then now TikTok. And everyone's like, oh, TikTok is shit. I hope it gets cancelled. But like, it's the future, la, you know? Mm. Until Instagram decides to co- copy it or something. Yeah, so I, I don't think we should. I think I think the hate is understandable. Right. The same way how like older generations of either musicians or, you know, industry people would hate on the younger generation. Yes. But like, it's it's a higher call to accept it and to embrace it. And, and to actually make use of it. Yeah, like I'm a, I'm an aging millennial that struggles mm-hmm. to un- understand Gen Z culture, but I'm trying my best. Mm-hmm. And understanding that why certain things in Gen Z culture is important to them, you know, as opposed to what we, even as millennials, like favor as importance. Mm. It's important to kind of understand how culture is shifting. Nice. Yeah. That's a very good answer, to be honest. We were a little bit too black and white about it, huh? <laughs> wow. Wisdom juice. More wisdom juice. Wisdom juice. Try to get yeah, me. I noticed that your wisdom oh. juice is a little bit higher than mine. So let's cheers to wisdom Bruh, juice. you know how bad I am. I'm really like quite there. It's okay. Slowly. It's my, my Chinese jeans. Songo! My one, my one uh, jogger jeans. 
It's like content you're creating. Nice. Memes, right? Memes yeah. for the memes. <laughs> do it for the memes. Okay, next question. Ben once said, there are people who talk, there are people who do. The people who talk need the people who do, and the people who do need the people who talk. Shut there are people ben. who talk, and there are people who do. You said that twice, so yes. Okay. How would you describe your relationship with, uh, relationship between yourself and your haters? Do they still occupy a big part of your mind and attention? The relationship with myself and myself is like, go back in time and slap the shit out of myself. Those <laughs> bullshit quotes. Um, <laughs> I still think that there are people who talk and people who do. Mm. Uh, and I think people sometimes, there's some people who talk for a living and create content for that, right? Um, but to the hater thing, like, I just don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, like... Um, is this the aging me that I don't talk to? Yes. Mm-hmm. I also think like... I like to say that there's a bit less hate now. The fact that I just give less of a crap about my career. Or like, at least it doesn't reach me as strongly as it used to. Right, right. Uh, at least I don't get it. But if it, it's come across you, please feel free to forward it to me. Mm-hmm, and I can mm-hmm. shit on them gloriously. <laughs> but um, no, I think, I think when, you, when you've been around for some time, as I have, mm-hmm. um, like, I think you just get used to it. Not, not used to it, but you realize in context how simple and how silly it is to engage with trolls on the internet whether right, it's right. your direct hater or someone who opposes your view because mm. like if you can't if you can't tell that the internet is an echo chamber at this point then you know you're just dumb as shit bro like <laughs> okay like like okay, I, I do believe it's important to fight for things and I do believe that at some some points in, in social media like it's like it's affected change for example like the K-pop stands and how they've taken right. over certain hashtags and you know, effective change. Yeah. There are lots of lots of other people on the internet though with burner accounts who just don't contribute at all to society. And you can feel free to just ignore those people because like um maybe it's just a year where I had to really adult and concentrate on other shit like mm-hmm. marriage and all that. But like yeah. um yeah you just realize that like life life goes on. You mm. know and and um you gotta pick your battles. You really gotta pick your battles. Yeah. And the worst battle you can fight is one with a faceless hater. Okay, but if the guy identifies himself as like John from Smart Local, then right. you know, then that's a then conversation. We're gonna go to the void deck and then we just go see. What's I said though? I'm not happy, is it? Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean I I think it's a it's a foolish endeavor to unless unless I really feel like the haters have a point. You know what I mean? Then I will gladly eat my own food. But were you oh okay, so you're willing to engage with a hater if they can change your mind? I'm willing to apologize. Fantastic. Um, I think not enough people say sorry online. Mm. When have you ever seen a Twitter fight that ended with uh, I'm sorry? It never happened in the history of Twitter. It never happens unless you are forced into an apology. People just feel like they have to, you know, they're they're, they're so guarded and they will just find ways to just assert themselves and if not, they'll just descend into personal shit. But like, and and, and even when people apologize, people continue to sling shit on them just because it's the internet. So apologies are much, much more devalued online than they are in real life but mm. the art of apologizing is so important um, and I actually have this conversation a lot with my fiance who feels like I apologize too much mm-hmm. I feel like she doesn't apologize enough <laughs> I'm sorry for saying that uh, no but, but I, I think no, but, but she also sometimes she's worried that my, apologi- my apologies don't hold weight because I say sorry so much mm. but I, I do think that it's important to to dismantle that ego la, you know and to know and to call it when you're wrong and I will yes. gladly talk about when I have like messed up and, and this is something that I, I personally agree with because mm. like I feel that like like what you mentioned I feel that people don't apologize enough 
Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes people people neglect like at what, what what kind of small things you can actually apologize for just to just for it to be a more you know, nice conversation. Like for a sure. simple thing, like if I accidentally yeah. wrote, uh, like I accidentally spoke too loudly or I accidentally yelled at you, I, ha- I, I, I do want to apologize for raising yeah. my voice because I didn't mean to. Yeah. You know, but I think people forget that. But we're not bred into a culture of that. In Singapore, mm. we're like hyper-competitive. We have been spoon-fed and we complain a lot. Yeah. So when you, when you add all those factors into the art of conversation, like apologizing is just not in your vocabulary. Mm. And when someone apologizes, that's being seen as a sign of weakness and then they mm. further pounce mm. on that person. You know, but like in a proper civil discussion, apologies go so far. Yes. Into yes. healing, into constructive comments, mm-hmm. into actually progressing as a society or even in your friendship. Like apologies are important. And like, again, like if a hater comes to me with constructive criticism or says like, you shouldn't have said this, I will gladly apologize. Is there an incident that has happened that you can, that you can, um, it's a little bit more public, you know, it's not like a personal life thing. I mean, it has happened for me. Yeah? What, yeah. what happened? So, um, I mean, real quick, what happened was that basically my friend mentioned about the, oh, da- the dangers of buying uh, homebrewed products yeah. that, to put it on your face and, skin, and, and stuff nice. like that. So I screenshotted an article yeah. that accidentally implicated the merchants that were in that article. Oh, shit. So they, they sent me a, an angry email and I was just like, you know what? I got to address this because I didn't mean, for, I, I didn't yeah. mean to uh, target you. You know, yeah, I'm just yeah, saying yeah, that like yeah. there's this thing that you got to be careful of. You don't fucking put shit on your face. Right, but I'm not saying that this is your shit, even though it might imply that. So I got, yeah. I got, I took it down. I properly apologized, and then we. I mean, it ended well. And mm. I just thought to myself that, like, you know, this is a great learning experience for myself. Yeah, you know, because like I feel that given given this opportunity, a lot of people would not have responded well yeah. to a situ- situation like that. And I'm really lucky that the merchants, um, privately approached me first. Yeah, because. These days Instead on the internet is freaking wild west, you. man. It's the wild west. Tag mothership, tag coconuts, tag <laughs> everything. That's it. Yeah. yeah. It's the wild west. Mm-hmm. I've fucked, I fucked up plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, what was a good incident? I was, uh, I did a, I did a shoot for Men's Folio in which Nathan and I impersonated like rock stars who had kind of passed away. Mm. Um, Nathan also got heat for that because people thought he, he, brown skinned himself or he darkened his skin mm. he was impersonating I think Freddie Mercury right but, but people would realize that work for. Nathan is tan in general right. <laughs> and if you look at the the lot of the the way the photo was treated yes. the contrast was really bumped up la. so right. but I mean like that was a separate issue my issue was that like okay so it was a shoot where I was supposed to impersonate Kurt Cobain essentially okay. the shoot already was kind of questionable because you're taking the le- legacy of rock stars and putting it with timepieces so it's I like, see. you know, it, it's a commodity, but it's mm. also banking on the legacy and the culture of rock stars, right? So yes. that was that, right? But at the time I was like, it was, it's kind of cool. It was kind of cool to dress up. So I was Kurt Cobain and I was given the brief at the time. Uh, like one of the pictures was shown to me, please copy this photo. And the photo was basically of Kurt Cobain smoking a cigarette, right? But he was doing this like that, right? With these glasses, he's just doing that, right? And like, oh, can you please copy this pose? And I was like, Okay, were you in a cigarette? You're like, no, just kind of put it in your mouth like that. Like, ah, oh, you know what I mean? Like, not cool. yeah. So, I, so at first I was like, oh, can I just do that? They're like, uh, no, like, you know, just do, just do that because it's cool and edgy. And at the moment, right, I was like, that might be insensitive because, you know, he died he by suicide, right? Yeah. And so they're like, yeah, but just take the photo and later on, we'll, I mean, we'll do some other options. And uh, once we get to the edit, uh, we'll just pick whatever's best. So I was like, okay, sure, whatever. And the moment I remember I had a conversation with Nathan who was like beside me. I was like, hey, Coco Bain, how do you die? Huh? <laughs> then we were like, 
I think I said like, oh, I think he he drowned in the bathtub or he asphyxiated himself. Yeah. That was Elvis Presley. Right. And Nathan was like, no. Yeah, I think so. And I'm like, oh, okay. So whatever, I just did that. But no, he died with gunshot to yeah. his freaking skull. Yes. And, and so like, um, when the rushes came out and the article came out, I at a point, I completely, like my mind just spaced out about it. I was also guest editor of that particular issue. Right. So it was on my onus to check. Yeah, and I yeah, checked yeah. through everything, but that goddamn photo, right? I was like, Shit. yeah, it looks good, man. Pass, <laughs> right? Um, and so that that went out um, and it got picked up by, it, it, it kind of laid low for a bit. Um, I didn't even think about it. And then it got picked up by, I think, a few members of the music industry. Oh shit! Uh, they're, they're more of like the the older the, they're the older musicians who right, obviously right, right. took offense to that lah. Yes, you know, and it wasn't a big blown out thing. But one of them went to go and like tech mothership tech everyone. Oh, you know? So I was like, ah shit, it's not too good. But I instinct instantly realized that I fucked up. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I was wrong mm-hmm. because there's no way that that could be passed. Even if again, I didn't come up with the idea. Yeah. I could have stopped it. It's similar with the with the um the black facing, you know, yes. like the whatever. It's like like there's so many levels where it could be stopped. Absolutely. So everyone takes the blame. I fully took the blame. So I could have not apologized because it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? Like, I think a good apology goes a long way. Yes. Also because I've represented Samaritans in Singapore before, mm. and suicide is not a joke. Yes. You know, so I felt like I had to say something. And then once I posted the apology, that shit blew up, and then everyone started like reposting that shit and resharing oh Ben said something insensitive so he had to apologize um, and it was I think the biggest catalyst was actually me mm. coming out and saying sorry but I really did mess up on that one you know um, it was a big learning point for me that I just flopped that moment so I think like it, it was like it was a lesson to be learned la. and yeah. I'm glad that I had that, that chance to learn the lesson yeah very good very good and we all come out from these kind of things better people so don't impersonate uh, <laughs> I mean, you can't impersonate him in the... Just not with the gun yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 not with that kind of stuff. Keep it away. All right, next question that we have for you. Cancel culture. Oh my God. It's a huge topic of debate these days. With, uh, go home, <laughs> With, of course, we have to mention your sister getting into some drama of her own with uh, Miss XX, mm-hmm. right? Do you feel that this cancel culture, right, has made for a better society, for, for a better social media experience or worse? <laughs> You know, cancel culture existing within social media. Has it, be, has it made social I'm sure media it's fun for some people. I'm sure right. it's important. Mm-hmm. It is important. It makes me feel very heavy, obviously. Because, mm. um, okay, I mean, like, you can be an abolitionist or reformist, right? Mm. You can want to tear down the system when you want to improve it. Mm. Um, I'm always the advocate for improving it. So, Absolutely. if it's not a crime, if it's workable, you work it with the person. Mm. Possibly offline. Right, know, there are many right. times where I could have taken like issues online, but I was like, yeah, I don't want to, you know. But I, I think I think there is power too in utilizing social media. There is power in boycotting things that are problematic. Mm. I will be the first to say that actually cancel culture is important. I mean, like, I mean, I'm not the first to say, but I will openly admit that in areas it's it's incredibly crucial mm. where we can affect change in the right way, um, where we we are always, I guess, belittling and 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 demeaning important minority voices. Not just minority in terms of race, but in terms of ideals. Or anything. So like, oh, oh yeah, lived experiences, mm. right? Like, and and it's very important for these voices to be heard. And it's so great now that finally these stories are being told mm. of you know whether it's toxic uh, workplace uh, vibes or you know like it's just racial discrimination. You know, it's casual racism. You yes. know, stuff like that. That that we always joke about. Like, I think 
cancel culture is too broad and a bit of a misnomer. Yeah. It's a bit of a wrong a wrong term. All right. But I think it's just the increased awareness, lah. Yeah. Mm. So I'd say that like it's actually a pretty good thing. Okay. Used wisely. Yeah. Used wisely. Because actually I I I have a personal question for you. Because recently we actually did an episode, right? A podcast episode where we mentioned about cancel culture and when it goes too far. So I'm of the opinion that when it goes too far when people uh they, w- they want to take the justice into their own hands. Yeah, yeah, and anyway, right. they feel that the punishment is not proportionate to what they think. So do you agree with that? I think it's okay for people to jump in and, and to, to debate because mm. it's a common topic. For example, like, you know, with Dikosha Saga, with like... Um, Whatever has been happening in Everything, yeah, basically the whole 2020. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, um, you should always divert to the opinions of the oppressed. For example, you know what I mean? Mm. The victims of the situation, mm-hmm. I feel like they have the, the, the last narrative Right. Or whether to forgive or, you know, because like it's impossible for us to like accept or n- reject an apology on behalf of them. I don't think that's right. You know, mm. but we can we can rationalize for sure. Um Yeah, it's a tough one, man. I, I um I, I personally try to not get too involved if like mm. you can tell like I mean I don't I mean I only release statements when I feel like it's absolutely necessary. And if not, like I feel like there's enough narratives going around. There's yeah. so many narratives. You know, I think that's a wise strategy to have on the internet, especially. Yeah, but I, I, it's not really a strategy. It's just something that I feel is right. Like, mm, mm. like, um, okay, again, everyone fights a different battle. You know, and like in mm. terms of the landscape of activism, everyone has a different role. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I may not have the tools that Pretty Please or Subash has us. Has us. Ah, it's a soju. <laughs> I may not have those tools. You know, what I mean, I think they're they're really good at what they do. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, like. Even my sister Narelle, like I feel like she like like she's such a strong advocate for important things and she really has a language for that. You yeah. know, and it's really, really impressive to see her go at it. Um I don't always agree with everything she does, mm-hmm. but by and large, I am very proud of like the person she is and who, mm. what she stands for. Um but I in the past I've been very like, oh, let me write a long Facebook comment and like a long Facebook post yeah. about my thoughts and everything and like um, that 2014 Ben is dead and gone. You know what I mean? I, I, I feel uh-huh. like, like it's way, it's, yeah, actually, oh my God, it's such a lame thing to say, but actions really speak louder. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just really keeping to that. Mm. Even for me, like, doing Benzie and touching upon things that I've always wanted to touch upon, like race, privilege, yeah. politics, Benzie doesn't shove it down your throat. You yes. know, Benzie just asks questions. And so mm. people laugh and then they go like, oh shit, am I the bigot? Mm, no, am I the asshole mm, 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 mm. Uh, and so that retrospect comes later which is nice so I think maybe that's what I'm better at nice yeah. you know I think you brought up something that I think is important that like you don't necessarily have to agree all the time with what people do but like you don't necessarily have to participate as well immediately yeah. you know yeah, what you mentioned about with your sister Narelle right sometimes you don't agree with what she has to say but you don't have to immediately participate at that point I'd say like, I disagree like 10% of the time but 90% mm-hmm. of the time she's like on point so preach Preach. Um, yeah. But, but I, I'd say, obviously, the line is crossed when, um, for example, like, we can, we can disagree and still be friends, obviously. But mm, when, mm, like, mm, 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 I understand why some people will be up in arms over certain topics. For example, you know, mm. like, um, 377A and why, yeah. like, you know, that community is, like, um, like, they have a right yes. to be riled up about, you know, the oppression that's happening. Yes. Um, I, myself, am a Christian. You know what I mean? But like I understand the the, the dynamic that goes into mm. their lived experience and and um and why it's important for them to fight for what they feel is intrinsically them and their identity. You know, so I mean, like, yes, then fight because that's that's you, that's who you are. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. 
you can because that's your basic that's fundamentally you yes. yeah right nice Okay, next question about social media is probably the last one before we move on to the next topic, Let's right? Let's do it. So Ben recently came out with a statement about the Dekosh incident. Ooh, do you feel uh, the pressure? This is, a, this is actually quite a good question because do you feel the pressure to come out and address these issues given your social media standing slash influence? <sighs> I think so that, this is a question that has been on a lot of people's minds, especially yeah. for our younger audience. Well, I mean, I think for that incident... Um, I was, I was getting kind of like, um, I wouldn't say pressured, but people were kind of reaching out and going like, you know, maybe you should say something. Do you want to say anything? Right Especially because he's your friend, you know, and you mm. guys have worked together and, mm-hmm. and um, you not saying anything uh, and also having worked with him before, you essentially are an ableist lah, because yeah. you're, you know, you're allowing this narrative to perpetuate. Yes. Which is not true. Obviously, I do not condone, <laughs> um, you know, the things he's done. I think what Husey said as well, like like I kind of agree because it's um and, and Nathan to a certain extent too. It's so hard for for people in our position because he's a dude we've known for like 10 years. Mm. And the truth is, no, we That was not the him you know. Correct. Well. Like there was I mean, okay, yes, there were moments in there were choices that he made in his career that were a bit sketchy to us. You know, for example, like we were obviously like not want to comment too much about it. We right. we just we will take his word for it. Mm-hmm. For example, you know, if you're hanging out with a friend and friend's like, bro, I'm not a sexual predator. I'm like, yeah, okay, I believe you. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you won't straight away go like, no, fuck you. Like, what? Yeah, you know, are you sure? Like, as a friend <laughs> who is loyal to you, who is really invested in your life, you give that person the benefit of a doubt. Absolutely. We just come what we did with D. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So we found out about that at the same time as everybody. Yeah. Um. So that was really hard news for us, and obviously also understanding what um some of these victims have gone through. Um, or just victims of sexual abuse, harassment, sexual grooming in general. Mm-hmm. It's tough, you know. And so I really commend them for coming out, speaking about it. Um, and it, it's an incredibly brave thing to do. Mm. At the same time, um, as a friend, I don't want to like, I'm not ditching him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like okay, like a good friend would will, will criticize, yes. would will, will really discipline and then run into the fire with the person yes. and, and work them out. Unless they are like, Jeffrey Epstein or a serial killer. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or they're extremely detrimental to yes. society. But like, even at that point, like, you know, it's calling upon your definition of friendship. Yes. You know, absolutely. and loyalty. And, and, mm. and so it was just a big tension point for all of us. Like, we all felt extremely uncomfortable with the news that came out, right? Yeah. Because none of us stand for that kind of stuff, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So we're all still trying to work around, about, around it. And yes, there's no prosecution yet. We don't know the full detail. So, it's really hard for us to give a definitive statement. Mm, mm, mm. But I'm pretty sure none of us stand for, you know, like sexual harassment of minors. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. No, I think I think what you mentioned here was very important because like a lot of people forget this human element when it comes to these kind of relationships, especially for, for yourself with a, with, with a friendship with Dikosh, right? So like people forget that like, you know, there's another, there's a person behind the mistake. And I think that's where the friendship thing becomes important. Yeah. Okay. It's very quick that people start to dehumanize um, yes, people absolutely. people of um of of prominence, especially when they have like messed up royally, mm. right? Because suddenly, like they the entire definition of that some of who they are is their sin or what they've done. Yes. And in a legal situation, yes, like they should be prosecuted. This is a serious crime. You know what I mean? But like, yes, this person also has friends. This person has a family. You know. Mm. And my instant worry for D was that he was going to do something stupid. Mm, he's gonna mm, hurt himself because mm, 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 imagine mm. this guy who you know has lived his life online who you know like his identity is quite quite mirrored in his work 
Yes. Uh, I wouldn't say completely. D is a quite different person off camera than right. he is on camera. Okay. But, you know, obviously, again, not condoning any of the things he's done, but my first instinct was like, please don't hurt yourself. You know, mm. please be okay. I also understand the situation, you know, with his friends and family. It might be very sensitive. So I just yeah. wanted him to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's noble, noble thing to think. It's the noble thing to think. You know, no, but, but to be yeah. honest, I think, I think, you know, your friends are lucky to have you as a friend. I can be a shitty friend. But in this aspect, I would say they are lucky to have you as yeah, a friend. So, no. you know, let's drink to that. Uh, friendships. <laughs> friendships. Non-problematic friendships. Non-problematic friendships don't necessarily exist, to be honest. It's always nice to have some problem. Yeah. yeah as long as it's... Preferably, yeah. they're not too big. Not, yeah. Solvable problems. And now we're on to our green bottle. Dude, I am... I it's am okay. There. It's okay. What we have here is... Like, if the cameras... Like, even if you keep rolling, I'm going to fall asleep on this couch. Very good. We have yeah. a nice thing going here. And then more memes come upcoming soon. So, happen. do let us know if we uh, need to top up his red cup mm. in, in the comments. But, I mean, that's after. All right, let's move on to the next thing. Okay. Next, we go on to section five about living. Mm. Okay. So, Ben, uh, this one is a little bit more heavy. Okay. So, some of the yes. stuff that we're going to explore here is going to be a little bit more serious. And, let's get I it. mean, yeah. Okay. So... Lester, I believe he, through his conversations, he found out that, you know, you were suicidal at 15 and said that you were self-conscious and suffered from anxiety that was never properly diagnosed, right? Eventually, what inspired you to keep fighting despite the struggles? And I think uh, what you say here is going to be impactful to a lot of people who have similar struggles. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's pretty normal to obviously have these thoughts like this mm. day and age like conversations with everyone I feel like almost everyone's kind of been through that kind of valley as well mm-hmm. um, and I would say that sometimes we we shy away from the conversation of treating it as a medical condition right um, you know uh, I think sometimes you really have to think about it as a common flu mm. if it's a chemical imbalance that can be solved with serotonin imbalance that you can solve it with medication you you should mm. you know um but for me, I, I think it was a combination of that as well as like just understanding that my struggles were not me. I would I'll be able to, you know, to extract myself and look at it from like a third party yes. position and realize that, you know, depression or anxiety, self-doubt, paralyzing self-doubt and existential crisis, yes. you know, these are all things that like, that, that are beside me that I could look upon as friends, but they do not define who I am. Mm. You know, so you can look at them, you can acknowledge their presence and you can walk away. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's almost allowing myself time to be sad. Like I'll fall into these like sort of like um, temperamental or mood swings where like, you know, you can't get out of bed for a whole day, that kind of situation. Mm. But I would say that like um, allowing yourself that time to be sad and then setting a timetable to like get out oh, there right. and do something else. Oh, right. right. Yeah, that's that's been really helpful. Yeah. Right, nice. Mm. That's a great question. All right, so we're going to go to take a quick camera break. Cameras need a break. Cameras need a break. And then we'll be right back. Poor cameras. All right, we are back uh, from our toilet break, camera break, whatever break you want to call it. So once again, we're back with Ben King. So uh, more questions for him. Okay, next question. Because just now, 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 now we're del- delving a little bit into... More sensitive stuff, a little bit yeah. of mental health here and there. The surgery is settling in. Which is perfect for answering this kind of questions because it's honest. It's perfect. So this one is a little bit uh, heavier. Uh, 
Ben, right? So like your mom passed away when you were 12, my condolences. Mm. And uh, you're very vocal about the struggles of going through that, right? So how has this incident, you know, this going through this with your mom impacted your view on life and the world? Um, I think people sometimes think that... Um, like grief is like a short-term thing when these kind of things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what I'm beginning to realize is that like you never stop saying goodbye in a sense. You never stop grieving. Mm. Um, for me, like I'll, you know, like obviously I'll get these like pangs of like these moments of thought of, of, um, of like a thought bubble of her every now and then. And like it has almost become like a part of me, which I've just like begun to accept Mm. as you know part of my life and and um always being a part of me and i've openly grieved about it online i've talked about it before um i make no apologies for doing it because Mm -hmm. i feel like um it's a shared experience i think i wrote like one composition when i was like secondary one about it about my mom and i got a long ass message from my teacher saying like i think it's time for you to move on yeah, so in hindsight, fuck you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean, okay, that's a bit hard. But, but did they give you a good grade? No, like she, she felt I like... Then, fuck she you. felt like I wasn't like... And I was 13, right, by the way. But like, I was also struggling to understand all this stuff. And she was like, uh, please, like, like, you need to move on. Like, you don't, don't harp on it. You know what I mean? Oh, but man. I'm like, that's completely what you should not say to an artist. You know what I mean? When it's something that's very real. It doesn't have to be a death thing. It could mm. be whatever, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think, like I said before, like... True art comes from from a real place. Yeah, some some place really organic. Yes, and I can't deny that that's a really real place for me. That's where a lot of like I guess my my music or my art comes from. Mm. Um, and it's something that I had to accept. But yeah, I think I also had to grow up really really quick because of that. Um, actually, funny story. I was just talking to 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 um, my fiance about it. Like, I I haven't quarreled with my dad actually ever since I was 13, ever since like my mom passed. Like I know people fight with their parents a lot. Yeah. I, it's incredibly like I've like I've never quarreled with him since because I because at that point he kind of said something to the extent of like, you're a man of the house now. Like you like I'm gonna treat you like like an like a full adult. Right, right. You know? Um and he always kind of like had that optics on me as such. Mm. And because of that, like yeah we had a really we have a really good relationship. Um, That's great. Yeah so couple of blessings in disguise but mm. yeah i think growing up with without a mother figure so much i mean i do have a wonderful stepmom um but yeah I, it's really taught me about the idea of mortality and that mm. how, I think how few things matter that i mean in my god english of, yeah in the like, face of death right yeah exactly like yeah. a lot of things that you think matter right now are not that important you know what i'm saying yeah mm, absolutely yeah and i think that's a good motto to live by for a lot of things for sure and it's not real until it becomes real for you Absolutely. You know, anyone who's been by a near-death experience or a like big, profound moment of yeah. humanity will tell you like quarreling with haters or whatever is just not that it's inconsequential. In your life. Yeah, I really like just focus on the things that really matter. Yeah. That's true because actually personally, yeah. my creative journey was inspired by the death of my grandfather. Wow. It made me realize that like, you know, after losing one out of four of my grandparents and I still haven't achieved anything in my life and I kind of kind of feel that felt that like, I was at a point where I let him down in a way that was irredeemable, irredeemable because he's gone. Were you guys close? Um, we were close, but I wish we were closer. Mm. You know, and, and that, that kind of like gave me a new drive, I guess, to be better. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I, I mean, if you, if you have some words for some, for some 
15 year old or or 12 year old who's going through loss what would it be besides don't find teachers like that you know? yeah <laughs> sometimes words are a bit much as well i feel mm. like um it's just better to be there for the people you know what i mean like mm. like but I, I would say this like whatever you're feeling like if you're going through it like it's okay to feel that it's completely acceptable and you should like recognize that you're feeling sad or depressed or mm. you know you're grieving it's it's just a part of you mm. appreciate that part of you um and then obviously know that like you are surviving them you know you're surviving the legacy yeah and they're very much a part of you as like disney as that sounds you know it's very very true um yeah it, it's i think that the biggest thing for me um and i'm sure you can relate as well like with yeah. your grandfather stuff it's just like like the whole world just moves on the whole world yeah. keeps going and it it's does. it's a crazy thing like and then i mean, and in the flesh suddenly it's like years you know yeah yeah it's crazy i remember turning um turning 24 or 25 and realizing that I've spent more than half my life without my mom. And I just right. like, I just sat from my computer and cried because for me, like I could not accept like a reality in which like I'm still, like I couldn't accept that I lived more, like more life, yeah. not with her than with her. You know, it's such mm. a real profound moment for me. Yeah. Um, but also the realization that I can do it, you know, mm. and that like she was put here for a purpose and that time was up. So I think that was a very powerful acceptance for me. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very good. Very good. All right. Next next question we move on to. Okay, so Ben once said, I quote, I am writing the script. I am telling the story. Oh, God. I am not living they out someone stop. else's script. They, they can stop. say anything ah, they want. But it. it doesn't stick. <laughs> because I have the pen. <laughs> End quote. What do you wish for yourself in the future? In brackets, abstract goals. <laughs> You're killing me, guys. You're killing me. This is why I need to delete myself off the internet. <laughs> oh shit. Oh. Maybe, 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 maybe one quick answer in abstract goals, and maybe one quick answer in more concrete goals. Because what the fuck we're was all, that? Um, aging millennials. What have you done, Nasa? <laughs> what have you done to me? He's done such a good job. Oh my god. Um, shut up, Ben. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that's quite powerful. Well done, Ben. Um, wow. Look at me, motivational speaker. Yeah. Right. Who's that famous Singaporean motivational speaker? I don't know. I only know Tony Robbins. No, what's ah oh shit? What's the guy's name? Adam Yeah, Adam Koo. Watch out, Adam Koo. Yeah, Adam King. Coming for you. That's right. King. Um, I don't know what that quote means anymore. <laughs> uh, I guess it means that like you are in charge of your own narrative. Yeah. Lack of a better w- word. Mm-hmm. Like you have the pen of your own right and your own script. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I use marker to be honest, actually. I use keyboard lab, bro. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I use blood. It's a blood packed. Oh, that's not um, too good. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, I, yeah, I really do think so. I think you are a lot more in control of your destiny than, mm-hmm. you, than you think. Yeah. Mm. So in terms of goals, you know, what do you have? Like more, like I, It can be abstract goals first, but maybe maybe you'll start with something that's more concrete. I'm, I'm sure stuff is weighing on you right um, now. Yeah, just being happy, man. Mm. Um, actually, to that point, to your previous point as well, like um, the fact that uh, claiming your own narrative is so important. Mm. Speaking your dreams into existence is very important. Um, mm. And again, another thing that, uh, the, one of the few things I learned in sports school, because I <laughs> didn't learn many things. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> one of the few things I learned um, 
we do in psych- psychology class and sports psychology right. is a very powerful exercise of um, visualization. Yes. Um, where literally we will we will literally close our eyes, right? With a stopwatch in our hand, and we would visualize our entire race according to oh. the time that we want to achieve. And then when we finish visualizing it, we hit the stopwatch and we try to get the exact time. As close to... Absolutely, yeah. Wow. And like, obviously, you know, that, that cheesy phrase, if you see it, you'll believe it. If you, if you uh, see it, you'll believe it. Yeah. You have to like... Soju is talking right now. There can be miracles if you Where believe. you believe. Yeah. But <laughs> the idea is actually visualizing our goals is a very, very powerful tool. Right. Um, and speaking into existence. Yeah. So I'm... Um, do you do that now? Is, for your... Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would like to have a happy marriage and a happy wedding. I'm going to speak that into existence. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like for Dikosh to become better. You know, I would like for him to, you know, just be better. I'll speak that into his existence. Um, what else? Yeah. I think just like, I want to be in a constant state of happiness. You know what I'm saying? Like, I really do value happiness. It was so funny. Like, I think there was some point, uh, the Willows, we took like this... Um, tarot card reading thing on, on YouTube um, right. and then like you're allowed to ask one question to the tarot card reader and then everyone asks like will I be rich and I'm the only asshole that went oh will I be happy <laughs> <laughs> will what an I idiot rich yeah so what is what was the answer I don't remember I gotta watch the video again okay but I remember uh, a great moment when I was 15 I, I went for like a palm reading and right. the woman said that like um you won't. You will be poor. You won't get married, and you'll die young. Well, so that's going well. Look at you fighting against the. Palm yeah, reader. I'm thirty. <laughs> <laughs> fighting against Is that young? the palm reader. Yeah, <laughs> palm reader. <laughs> nice. Very good. No offense to palm readers out there. Please don't cancel me. Um, like, yeah, like there's, uh, there's sponsor some, him at least one free reading. There's some great palm readers. Out there. <laughs> but uh, why you all never predict COVID nineteen? Ah, that's why, huh? Why are you gonna predict COVID nineteen? Yeah, huh? and then you read. Oh, twenty twenty is gonna be your year. Uh, <laughs> You're gonna what? Yeah, <laughs> read palm got put hand sanitizer. I my my favorites are the, the, fa- <laughs> the fa- have you seen the face readers? No, I haven't. Why? Dude, they're like there's some insane. I don't know. Have you guys seen face readers? Face there, readers. There's some face readers. I I, I went to one in, in Hong Kong where they go like, okay, so your face is a twenty three and a twenty four, and then your nose <laughs> to your mouth is that that long, and you're very prosperous, but you've been a love triangle. <laughs> yeah, it's great. And they just read your entire life from your a face. A face reader? And they talk damn far. They reach talk like, okay, your eyebrow a bit too far apart. And so like, the and heck? Like, dude, it's great. Like, and they would predict your whole life from your face. That's, That's way more fun than the palm, by the way. That's mad. Maybe we got You to get offended some... and told your future at the same time. Yeah, maybe we got to find other body parts to read. Like, I don't know, man. You're so eyebrow hairy. Why are you reader? so hairy? <laughs> like, why Chinese... your eyebrow one side longer, the other side longer? No. That's why. <laughs> Chinese boy cannot grow beard. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, nice Okay, next one we have for you Ben just turned 30 last week Congratulations, God by the way damn. When's your birthday, by the way? Uh, not telling you Okay, not telling me That's fine uh, August 15th Alright yes. Slightly after Singapore So that's nice That's okay. right As you enter a new phase in <laughs> life Right, and are yeah. about to get married mm-hmm. Have you thought about How you eventually want to be remembered? Or is that not important to you? Yeah, I want to I want to Own a company like Titan and have 40 employees and be wildly successful. Jian Hao Tan who yeah. has been on this show please own some of Jian Hao's cars. Oh, oh that's that's a good Dude, his cars are have. insane. Like, what the... <laughs> and then Naomi Neo just bought a new... Uh, she, bought, she bought a Lambo, did she? Or mm-hmm, like a... Mm-hmm. Wallace. I can't. Yeah. 
just have, give me an e-scooter and I'll annoy the shit out of everyone. Yeah. So I like to have a PMD, actually. I think that would be quite fun. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your question? My question would be, <laughs> how will you eventually want to be remembered? Oh, damn it. Um, <laughs> just like that. Drunk on soju and talking shit into a podcast. Honestly, like that's, that's not a bad way to go. That's, that's, the, the, that's the goal. Yeah. I mean, okay, honestly speaking, that is a goal. I mean, like, the fact that we get to do this, you know, and create content and mm. talk and... Um, Honestly, the fact that I, I, I can do this for work is already a dream come true. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think I'd just like to be a good dad, maybe. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, nice. I, I have a, like, thankfully, I have a great dad. And uh, um, yeah, I'd just like to keep that going. <laughs> That's yeah. a very noble goal. I respect that. <clears throat> That's right. That's a very noble goal. And I respect it too. Right into the mic. Yeah. The pop filter. Alessa's gonna hear that. He's gonna be the one editing. So sample that shit. Whatever works, man. Don't smoke <laughs> okay, so I actually created two more questions uh, for you, you know, personally, because nice. I was just curious, right? So this first question, this first question that I have for you is: What would you describe uh, the real Ben S in a short sentence? Because people are very light is love. <laughs> this is the real Ben. I mean, I, I feel like I'm I'm pretty close to who I am these days. Mm. Um, I don't think that was always the case, Mm-mm. but um, yeah, I don't take myself too seriously. I think, which is yeah, which is Again, a good policy to have. To be I honest, shit on myself anytime if I could. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I I think yeah, the real Ben stays in bed a lot more than he should. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> okay, what if what if what if I were uh, were to ask you to describe the real Ben in in three words, just as an experiment of self awareness, huh. you know. Upton at Pharaoh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Shit. That's a good plug right that's there. That's such a good, that's a good one. What's three words? BTO? No. Uptown at Pharaoh. <laughs> um, shit. Um, slightly happy millennial. Yeah, I'd say I'm happy for millennial standards. That's great. Are you happy? Are you happy? I am. You happy? I Are you am. happier than me? I am happier with the, the emptier my blue cup is. Yeah, that's the thing, man. I don't do a blue. Like, I'm not about that life. Well, I don't watch football, so I'm fine. So I'm safe. Neither do I, actually, to be honest. I just yeah. wanted to, like, <laughs> st- stir shit. Yeah. yeah. Do you want, Do you follow any sports? Or, like, are you, like, a sports I, person or not? I mean, I play a very niche sport that not many people in Singapore Let me follow. guess, let me guess, let me guess. Yes? You are the... Play pool. No. No, no, no. You are the... Curling. No, no, no. Play darts. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. It's on land. You arm wrestle. No, no. Ah, you play racquetball. No. Squash. Uh, frisbee. Yes. Ah, shit. I play ultimate. Oh, nah, it's been a not while. just normal frisbee. Yes, it's the ultimate form of frisbee. That's right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All That's right. Fun. Next question that I have for you, okay? Yeah. What's a message that you would want to, if you, if, I mean, given in a hypothetical world with superpowers and everything, right? what's yeah. a message that you will want to pass to the band one year from now? The band? The Ben came the ben. one year from now. Future you. Um, what's up, dude? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I hope 2021 isn't as a shitstorm as 2020. <laughs> I just, yeah, I, 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 think, I think I'd hope that he'd be pushing himself more creatively. Yeah, I kind of want to do more things. Um, yeah, like, I guess, like, 
like not being afraid to like go a bit crazier in terms of like dreaming up like projects and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just being more bold with that, I would say. Yeah. Also, yeah, I hope like all the men in 2021 are not sending dick pics. Oh, we yeah. just had this conversation just now. We had this conversation. We're talking about why men send dick pictures pics. of their penises online. Honestly, to be honest, to be honest, I'm just going to put it out there. The PP is not the nicest picture you can send of your body. Truly, it is the worst to someone. send your areola instead. Yeah, it could be better. Areola with four Chinese hairs. Yeah, but it, your your penis, it's not an aesthetic thing. It, I was saying it looks like a fruit. It looks more like. A Star Wars monster up close. It's really wrinkly and... Yeah, it's exactly. A, it's and, and, a pee you know? Yeah, and even in context, it's a bit strange. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but, but it's, it's an interesting topic. We were like, why do men send dick pics, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> do you think a girl is going to want to cop it? Yeah. We also argue that actually girls don't actually... Like, like the guys who send the dick pics don't even like... Expect, expect a reply. Yeah. Because they, it's just a thrill of, of exposing themselves. It's predatory behavior. You could yeah, be a Loki predator if you send a dick pic. Don't send your send pee-pee. him to, to John right now on his Instagram. No, no. How no, about how kidding. about you send Korean heart fingers instead? Yeah, Korean heart fingers with preferably with clothes on. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, Clothed Korean heart fingers. Yeah. If not, nobody just like it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No pee. Put a glove on. Yeah. What are you? Yeah. yeah. And hand sanitizer. No pee. Just love, love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question that I have for you before we properly end off. Go. Okay, just a few more. Do and it. this one are uh, questions that we have uh, sourced the internet, but we have particularly not, never particularly asked anyone. So it's oh more of the no. internet. Internet just give us questions, the internet give internet us some questions. Asks. So do you think your parents are proud of where you are in life? Um, yeah, I see my dad's pretty proud. Mm-hmm. Um, he... I think he always wanted to be a singer actually growing up. Mm. Um, so it's nice that he got to vicariously live through it mm. um, with me. Um, yeah, he's a great guy. I would say Does he, he is, sing for fun? He sings, but he, he sings like... <laughs> oh. That, that kind of vibe. He's good at that. Oh. Um, yes. Strumming my pain with his fingers. I'm, I'm quite sure he'll do well on TikTok, to be honest. Dude, he'll be a great TikTok dad. I don't know why I haven't, I haven't done that yet. It's because I'm not band. a fame whore. No, I'm just kidding. 2021, uh, Ben. You can thank me for planting the seed of the dad <laughs> singing TikTok. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Nice. I think it's, I I would, think it's like great to think, so. think that your parents are proud of you. It's quite a proud guy in general, in that sense. That's yeah. good. It's a good fella. Nice. I'm okay. Hey, she's great. Next question. Okay. Which is a little bit more lighthearted, to be honest. So, you know, what, what unanswerable question bothers you the most? Ah, shit. Aliens, man. Like, what are you? Like, faster come or don't come. Like, don't drop in random shit and then make us have to guess. <laughs> Just count him, settle one time. Drop yes, a bomb yeah. or like, come and say hi or colonize us. I don't know. That really bothers me. Like, you know, if you watch those videos of like, they zoom out into the, into like, the, the solar system yeah. or like, you know, the galaxy or the known universe and you're like, why haven't you visited us yet? Like, <laughs> Maybe we're just not loud enough. And then we're just loud on the internet instead of being loud into outer space. Do you think on the spectrum of civilization and yes. and, uh, and 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 uh, technology, yes. where do you think Earth falls into the spectrum? Do you think we're more advanced than the average universal creature? I think we are really low, but we're getting there. Because actually, I, 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 I'm quite curious about this kind of 
But if we're low, then thing. yeah, you know what I'm saying. Like, are yeah. we on really on the fringes? For we're example, almost there. I feel that we're almost on what we call a type one. Yeah. For example, like the rest of the known universe and all there. Let's say all the rest of the advanced human civilizations are yes. all in, let's say, Ultra area, uh, and Earth is like in Yishun. Is mm. that it? Is are we that far out that like no one cares about I think us? We're more like other people don't care about Island. Oh, so we're like a cool Instagram ho- uh, destination. Ah, uh, with a lot of kids. Then why haven't you visited us yet? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even in Singapore, it's quite indie. People don't don't, don't they're like they have cats. Lazarus Island, who are you? Some sort of Instagram <laughs> influencer. I mean, I would very much like to know the answer to that for sure. But I do not doubt that there are other species out there that could could completely annihilate us. That'll be so exciting to die by alien. Shit. I mean, shit. It's <laughs> like he died by aliens. But then, no one will ever know that because we all die together. That's true. If you think about it, right? They ought to leave one, like, person that engraves the graves. Like, if, I always, I have, like, repeated dreams about this. Like, you know, dying, really? dying by Earth just falling apart. Like, catastrophe, right? Like That's some Hollywood level. Yeah, shit. but it's not going to be, you think about it, it's not going to be like Independence Day where, like, this big thing comes over. Right, or, right. Like, you know, like, an asteroid might be likely. But if, let's say, an alien chooses to, like, really fuck the Earth up, Mm-hmm. It's literally you're pouring soju in a cup, and the next moment you're nothing. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. That's literally it. Like, how great would that be? That's the dark ending of the Pokemon movie where Mewtwo gets gets too powerful. Okay, geek, calm down. <laughs> Trying to flex so hard. Flexing my, my my street cred right here. <laughs> okay, next question that I have for you. Yeah, go. Okay. Do you daydream more about your future or your past? Oh, damn. Neither. I daydream about random shit. <laughs> like, what happened if a pizza was square instead of circle? Or <laughs> like... In fact, there'll be more... Thank you, though, because I really should think more about my own no, life there, there, than random shit. There'll be more shit. pizza per unit box. Thank you. Or make a circle box. Which doesn't make sense because a box is a square. Then what would you call a circle box? A burkle? Uh, uh, cock, cocks, cocks, cocks. That's the plural. Cocks. But you want to maximize. It, it should the be more quantity of pizza per box. surface area. Yeah, it's just not feasible right now. Yeah, pizzas. What are you doing, man? That's the new conspiracy yeah. theory. It's like these days when you buy like lays or twisties from Seven Eleven, and literally it's like one third of the packet. Like, like what? The, like what? I buy the rest of it for? Right. Like it's just. Where, where's that? Where's all the weight? Yeah, or like the kopi tiam auntie give you the, the kopi siu tai, but then like the ice is more than a cup. Yeah. Then in the end, the water is only like this much. They're <laughs> like... And this is why we have global warming and no aliens right. wanting to find us because we can't even sort our chips out. These are the issues. Cancel ice. And, and ISIS. And, and the air and the chips. Yeah. Cancel the air and the chips. Bitch. More pi- Yeah. <laughs> more pizza for service area is yeah, the, what the takeaway is from this podcast absolutely I think there'll be world peace I think we got it dude like I think that's like we summed it up so well yeah CC Trump and CC whoever other world Mothership leaders are listening and uh, and James Lim yeah more yeah. pizza per unit box more cockles per bag it and, no, and no PP photos no PP photos Okay, this is actually quite a good one because you mentioned just now that you want, you know, you ev- eventually you want to be a, be a great dad and stuff like that, right? But I believe this exists in all of us. What's the most childish thing you still love to do? Oh, no. 
I'm very childish. <laughs> uh, what am I? I'm childish. Uh, okay. I like, I still drink a lot of milk. Like I'm a little baby. Like I drink a lot of milk. Like, milk is good for you. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm lactose intolerant now. Oh, shit. Exactly. Literally. Yeah. It's the shits. Yeah. So I gotta like, I wouldn't drink milk here because, you know, you've got your own toilet. I don't want to, you know, you don't want to blow ass. Yeah, especially nice to meet you. I'm just going to destroy your bathroom with my yeah. offspring, my shitty offspring. Yeah. It's a price I pay, man. Cheese, lactose. But cheese, that shit. It's hard to, yeah. If what I were lactose intolerant, my downfall will definitely be cheese because, dude, cheese will be the end of me. <laughs> okay, but it's not that bad. I will say it, 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 uh, it's gotten worse as I've grown older, mm-hmm. but like, it's not to the point where like, I'll have like a slice and then I will explode in diarrhea. It's not like <laughs> that, yeah. Nice. Not that nice, but yeah. I mean, nice answer. Thank you. Not nice experience necessarily, no. but you know, very good. Okay, let's move on to our final question let's and then we will, we will outro your pink cup Oh, dude. Um, yeah. The red cup. Did I just say pink cup? You know, I'm getting there too. Okay. This is quite a good one because I want you to elaborate a little on this. Okay. Uh, do you believe in destiny? Hell yeah. I mean, I think I'm, I'm fairly spiritual. Mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was about to bring that up. You know? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't say like I'm... Ooh, the tummy just went. Maybe it's time. It's like um, a loop. <laughs> I, I, I would say that I've had as I pulled out my pants, um, mm-hmm. my fair share of issues with like the church and, mm-hmm. you know, growing up. Hey, a, don't mind me if I ask you like, what's your denomination? Uh, I'm Chinese. <laughs> Sorry, just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I grew up in a Baptist church. Okay. And then I kind of moved into like charismatic stuff. That, that, that's I'm, where the... Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's the... Yeah, we just want to like, you know, just reach out to people and love God. You know, that kind of stuff. I know, like, I know, yeah. Everyone's suddenly Australian. More high fives than... Yeah, more high fives than... than, than but than it's, 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 a good, it's a great vibe. I'd say right. that like, it's a great community. Um, now I'm... I, okay, so like, I, I, I kind of took a, took a step back from religion for a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, there were a lot of things in the Bible that I just couldn't agree with fundamentally. Right, know? that's fine. Um, yeah, and I just had to redefine... Because I, I, I have had experiences with what I would believe is God. Yeah. Um, because I was calling out for him and, you know. And he responded. In yeah. He was like, what's up, dude? <laughs> like, you know, but, so I, I has, actually have seen pretty crazy shit go down before. Right. Um, both inside the church construct and outside. Right, right, right. Like legit miracles. Um, really? What, what, what's a... Um, so like, I've seen this dude beside me get healed from color blindness, like on the spot. Like he had never seen red Certain before. colors, right? Yeah. And, after being prayed upon, like, he was like, yeah, he started screaming and like, because the pulpit was red and he was like, you know, oh my God, like, it's red. I haven't, never seen it before. It's um, crazy. A few other experiences um, that sometimes I kind of doubt. I'll be like, okay, like, there's a lot of stuff I, I don't understand. Like, you know, the whole like, kind of touch, whoa, fall down, you know, stuff. And then, um, again, there's a lot of, there's a lot of organized, there's a lot of things in organized religion that make me uncomfortable too. Right. You know, um, mm-hmm. uh, like how it's more of a business right now. But then for me, I had to really pick apart what I understood was God and and the construct of religion, which I felt yes. was a very man-made construct. Yeah. So I went I had to really read up on apologetics and as well a bit of like Richard Dawkins and just re redefining what God meant to me. And I think for me now, 
I'm okay with not knowing the full answer. Right, right. You know, I'm okay with knowing that there is a God or for me, like, it's not really agnostic, but I do have a personal relationship. Yes. You know, and I do believe in destiny. I believe in purpose. Right, right, right. Uh, I believe in all that stuff as well. Uh, yes. I just, like, I'm okay with not going, knowing the full answer. So if you ask me honestly, like, yeah, yeah like, I do believe in, in the, I do believe in a higher power, that's for sure. Yeah, I would say that. So would that make you more agnostic than Christian? Um, no, I mean, I, I would say I, I am Christian, but I also have amazing conversations with people of the Abrahamic faiths mm-hmm. as well. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Islam and Judaism, but more than that, just like learning from other people's spiritual journeys. Mm. I really do believe that if there is a creator, like a divine intelligence or a God, he doesn't abide by one religion, but, you know, he can permeate through like almost any situation. Right, right. I think that's really true. That makes sense. Yeah. Like honest. he won't be bound by just church walls, but yeah. if he wanted to reach you while you were meditating on, in the Mediterranean or you were doing a Reiki thing or yeah, yeah, yeah. Alpha or Ouija bot, like God will still reach you through that because mm. he's just that good. Like he's, he designed everything, you know? So I, I choose to obviously lean into that narrative. Yeah. This is something that I personally believe in as well. Yeah. Because I'm a Catholic, right? Oh, cool. But for me, I feel that like uh, sometimes the confined, sorry, the definition and the confines within the church are not necessarily things that I agree in, agree with, but like, I still see my God, you know? I still recognize my Right, God. right, right. Yeah. And that's why like, sometimes I, I find myself saying that I'm not a, not a very religious or very staunch Catholic, but it does not matter to <laughs> What's me. What's the phrase? I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. That's what people <laughs> always say. But no, but it, it is really true. Like, yeah. yeah I, actually, like, in conversations with other friends of mine who are, who I guess are in the industry, who are also, you know, God believers, but might not identify very strongly with the church. Yes. Like they always, we always have this phrase where it's like, um, God is such a great, or like, you know, religion or spirituality is such a great product. Yeah. It's just got a really shitty PR team. Yeah. Like the PR for like, you know, it's just, it's just bad. Like, in fact, and, this is what I tell my friends, you know, a lot of times when they are, they're, they're conflicted about their community at church, I tell them say that like, you know, for example, you don't necessarily require the church to experience your God. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of people cannot necessarily immediately come to terms with because they cut, they reach God through the church. And yeah. it becomes problematic when suddenly the church is not like friendly in nurturing yeah. in that sense. What would Gandhi say? Like, I love your God. I just hate, I, I love your Christ. I hate your Christians. Yeah. Um, but, but a great analogy that I've actually learned that I, you know, that I think is worth sharing, if you don't mind me just like going on a tangent. No, go um, ahead, man. Because I struggle so much with the existence of God, right? Like, how do I, like, if a God is so real, why hasn't he revealed himself to us in a more tangible way and go like, yo, I'm God. Like, yes. get in line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why is there famine? Why is there, you know, why is there poverty? Why is there death and all this kind of stuff when God should be bene- benevolent, right? Yeah. Like, why is he such a hateful, venge- vengeful God? Yeah. But also we learn a very loving and caring God. Mm-hmm. And if it really, truly someone created all of existence, mm-hmm. then why are we, you know, putting him in boxes and stuff like that? Absolutely. You know, and why doesn't God reveal himself, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's also the struggle I had when I was trying to wrestle with the idea of like, why God would discriminate against certain kinds of people, yes. you know, the, the Bible at least, right? Yes. In, in a modern construct. Um, I chanced upon this, this this video where like this, I, I don't know if he was a pastor, it's more like, he's a spiritual guy for sure. Right. But he was drawing the illusion of what we understand is God. So God, right? Let's say from a scientific point of view, if he is the design intelligence mm-hmm. of the universe, yes. right? That means he exists in all dimensions. He's omnipotent in his omniscient, which means yeah. that 
he doesn't exist but in a linear fashion from beginning yeah. to end. He doesn't exist within what we understand is three dimensions yes. of space and time. He exists. He exists. Yeah. And you know, science, science also looks into like the like multidimensional universe, yeah. right? A uh, uh, universe that's not bound by linear fashion of time, start, mm, and, mm, start and end, mm. is not bound by space and time itself, but mm. you know, of different tiers. Yes. God exists in all those things. So he had this um, illustration, for example, like let's this is a like, almost like a whiteboard, right? Yeah. So he had a whiteboard there, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Okay, God exists in more dimensions than us." So let's just for illustration pu- illustrative purposes draw two stick figures. Yeah. So let's say this is Ben, this is John. On this the board. is Ben. And okay, well, it's not a good example because we need to be two D, right? So right. For example, like he this drew is Ben. Yeah. And this is John. Correct. So let's say Ben and John exist in a two D reality right now. Right. All we've ever known right, is X and Y axis. Right. It's We've never right, understood right. Yeah. depth, right? Because the experience of depth, can you imagine if the world was 2D compared to 3D? Like, yeah. it, it completely, you know, like, exaggerates. And mm. it's, it's, you know, it's way bigger, right? So, let's say all of the, the, the experience of life is held in 2D universe. God, in this existence, in this demonstration, exists in a three-dimensional universe, right? So, say God exists right here, right? And yeah. God is like, okay, Ben and John, exists in this 2D world. I want to show Ben and John something. So he's going to take this bottle, which is something that's three-dimensional, right? He's going to go, I want to show, reveal the, to, to Ben and John the nature of the bottle. So he's going to pass his bottle through the membrane of a two-dimensional universe. Mm. But what do we see when it, come, when it goes through? It's a two-dimensional. We see a circle that gets bigger and bigger and bigger right, and right, bigger. Right, right. Mm. And then it disappears. Mm. And then we go, oh, circle God, it's a sign. You know, we uh-huh. freak out because we think that's what God is. Well, we think mm. that's what spirituality or, or you know, ghosts or, you know, mm. uh, other dimensional stuff is. But we don't know it looks like this. We don't know mm. the full reality of the nature of God or his, his universe, right? Mm. And the guy brought it back to the fact that we're not supposed to understand God. Right. The Bible does say like, we're not supposed to understand God and his complexity. We're supposed to rest in the mystery of who he is. Mm. You know? And when I read that, when I saw that, I just like broke down because I was like, that's it. That's my whole existence. It's like not to, to die trying to figure out what God yeah. is and whether he thinks it's right or wrong, but it's just to like, like love. Mm. Love God, love people. And I think it's important to accept that there are certain things with God that you will never be able to fully understand yeah and people want to make definitions and they want to theorize and and whatever i'm not there to stop them mm. it's just not for me and I, I guess for you as well i think like the whole idea is just to rest easy knowing that like he exists mm. and there are things beyond our comprehension that we cannot control nor understand and that's beautiful to think yes. about yeah so Absolutely. that brought me a lot of peace mm. knowing that like i'm such a simpleton in my little three-dimensional world um but yet like i can feel a spirituality and a connection yeah. that was really important for me. Yeah, it, 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 it was how I came to terms with my religion as well. You know, yeah. with, with feeling, being religious and whatnot in general. Yeah. I mean, people will shit on, on you sometimes, but I mean, for me, it's like, that's fine. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're, you're willing to, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to accept your point of view, but like for me, this was my experience. Mm. Yeah. Nice. Very good. And yeah. that brings us to the end of today's session. Some heavy shit. Guys. Do you feel that you have discovered more about yourself? I, yeah, this is a free therapy session. Um, <laughs> wow. But was I a good therapist? You're great. Just don't send dick pics. Ever. Yeah, yeah, no. Only yeah. send this. Only, 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 only Korean hats. Hats. Guys, stop <laughs> taking close-ups of your appendage. <laughs> All right, very good. So before we, we end off the episode, Ben, do you have anything that you want, the final words you want to share with your, our audience or anything that you're up to that you would like to share with them? Yeah. 
here are 10 types of podcasts that you can catch. Uh, sorry. <laughs> HDHD, <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I think what you guys are doing is great. Uh, keep going. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for, for, for being here with us. So thank you so much once again for joining us for HTHT. We have Ben King. So thank you for joining us. And uh, who would you like to see us bring in next? I mean, we have brought, brought in a whole bunch of people and I think they've, they've been great. And I mean, we're all stuck at home, either working from home, studying from home or partially doing both, right? They might as well just tune in and watch and uh, get to know people like him better. That's right. Let us know in the comments below. All that stuff. Smash the like button. Is that what YouTubers say? I feel like that's what I, I have saying. no idea, but he said it for me, so... You guys do on TSL as well. I don't think yeah, I don't do, know. Do what, uh, on TSL, it'd be like, remember to like, share, and subscribe and watch our other videos over there. Would you like to try that? No. <laughs> Just watch, let, watch uh, you know, you know, You know what I'm tempted to do right now? Let's have a secret handshake. Oh, oh shit. Are we doing this? Yeah, we're doing this. So so I have one with one of our videographers. Let's not fire. Let, 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 let's just go. Ready? So, okay. Shit. Oh, we man. just reviewed our age. So hard right there. Chemistry. But chemistry. Yeah, we even finished each other's soju. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just that. Cheers, bro! What ah. Bye guys. Ciao.